with your hosts, Ryan Reber and Josh Smith. Welcome in, guys, to the Fantasy Mothership. I'm your host, Ryan Reber. Alongside me is Josh Smith. Today, we got some fantasy news for you. We're going to dive into that. Gronk's retirement, Terry McLaurin. We also got some old faces in new places, talking free agency, guys who have moved via trades. Uh, we're doing AFC. Uh, NFC will be the next episode, so uh, stay tuned for that. And on that note, let's dive into everybody's favorite segment, the way we start off every show with a little fluff or stuff. There's always NFL news to report. It's time for fluff or stuff. Josh, let's dive right into the fluff or stuff here. I got some news for you. You tell me whether it matters. Uh, first off, we've got Terry McLaurin signs his three-year extension. Does this make a difference for you at all as far as rankings or anything goes? A uh, little bit. There was a little concern he wasn't going to be back for training camp, if there was an extended holdout, force of trade, stuff like that. I think that just kind of calms all those nerves, and he can be drafted where he was going to go all year. Yeah, the only thing that this uh, maybe affected for me was, I guess, Jahan Dotson a little bit. Um, if McLaren didn't show up, I was maybe a little higher on him, but yep. uh, he'll just move down my board probably. Uh, next, we got uh, Lamar Jackson has added 15 pounds of muscle. Does this matter for you at all? Not really. If anything, maybe concerns me a little bit if it slows him down at all. Yeah, that was my concern too. If he loses a little speed because of that, but hopefully, I'm able to keep him healthy. If that he yeah, added, I, it to I guess him. that's the uh, other side of the coin. But right, we'll to keep see him how on the goes. field. So take him over uh, Huntley. Um, what else do we got? Uh, I guess we should talk about Gronk. Gronk retired uh, yep. probably about a week ago. Does this affect Buccaneers at all for you? I mean, now Cameron Brate's in the tight end discussion. As a starter, I still think they might go out and get somebody else. That's kind of the Buccaneers thing with Brady. Go out and get a veteran guy that may be sitting on the trash heap. And he can sign, uh, go talk into signing in there cheap. Otherwise, I, I don't really care that much. Does this move Brady down your rankings at all? No. No? Yeah, I actually moved him down like four spots. Really? Just because yeah. of Gronk? Yeah, I mean, the quarterbacks in that group there are just like so tight-knit. Um, I mean, it's the difference like in my projections of like, you know, five points between fifth and eighth. Yeah. So him not being there, I think it's, you know, equal to about a touchdown probably. So, yeah, I moved him down. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I still still would draft him, but I think I had him, like, sixth, and now I have him back behind Rodgers and Stafford. Okay. So. The other little tidbit here, uh, I guess there's a couple more, uh, some contract stuff. Debo Samuel uh, has not rescinded his trade request, and Dalton Schultz uh, and the Cowboys still far apart on their contract extension. Does this matter? I don't think so. I think Debo's going to be there all year. I don't see that resolving before the offseason ends, and he seems pretty amenable to at least showing up for camp and stuff. Dalton Schultz, again, I haven't heard anything about a holdout, so until he does hold out, I'm not worried. Uh, Last one here. Yeah, I agree with you on all that, by the way. Uh, the last one here that I have is uh, Gibson uh, expected to see less goal line work in 2022. This this is probably out of all the news besides the Gronk one, uh, the one that kind of struck me the most. Yeah, again, I wasn't high on Gibson to start, and it's just getting worse and worse. He's already a pass-catching guy that doesn't get goal line work and doesn't see the field all that much or doesn't see as much as a guy you would take in his spot should. So I'm already concerned. Yeah, I, I mean, and you look what the Redskins did, or not the Redskins, sorry, the Commanders did over the offseason uh, trying to go out and get McKissick. Uh, they stole him back from uh, Buffalo yep. where he was going to sign. Um, they draft Robinson. You know, I just think that this kind of screams uh, their lack of confidence in Gibson. All right, Josh, we got the news out of the way. I don't see anything else on here that really matters. Um, 
I guess we'll dive into the free agents, the guys who moved, the guys who were traded. Let's start out with a, a wide receiver in Miami. Was in Miami. He's now in New England uh, with Devontae Parker. Um, what do you expect from him going to New England? Uh, there's some people who think that he could be the number one in New England. Does that matter considering New England didn't do much with their wide receivers last year? What's your take on this? I don't know. I don't see him as a high upside guy. I kind of see him as a maybe a safe play. He's going to get some targets. The highest uh, upside, uh, the easiest path to upside for him would be touchdowns. But again, it's not going to be a huge high scoring team, in my opinion. And again, they didn't give up a super amount to get him. It was only a third round pick for Devontae Parker and a fifth. So in the grand scheme of things, they didn't give up that much to get him. I don't think he's going to be a huge target for them. He's never really been a good, that good of a fantasy asset. Over the last five years, he's ranked 14th in fantasy points per game, 39th, 100th, and 44th in the other couple seasons. So he's not—he's never been a high upside guy. He had one of his worst years ever last year. I don't see it. I don't know. Do you disagree? No, I agree. And I just think, um, I mean, where he's going, he's worth, I guess, a late round flyer. He's going like 144th. Um, so, I mean, he's basically, you know, a free pick at that point. So if he produces for you like here and there as you know kind of like a bye week fill in, that's fine. But normally in those spots, I'm looking for guys with high upside, and I just don't think he has it. So yep. I'm with you. I'm on the same page on that one. And uh, easy transition here, which is what we like in the industry. Um, he was on Miami. Now Tyreek Hill kind of takes his place. Um, do you see Tyreek Hill fitting in this offense? Because I know you and I kind of differ on this. I'd love to hear kind of your opinion on Tyreek Hill going there? Uh, my thing going into the season with Tyreek Hill is just the investment that the team made into him. I don't see a way where he either has equal footing with Jalen Waddle or is playing second fiddle to Jalen Waddle. I see them putting a lot of effort into getting him touches a la Debo Samuel in San Francisco where their new head coach, Mike McDaniel, comes from. I could see him getting some backfield touches, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of crossing routes, which I know Tua loves because he kind of struggles with accuracy down the field. I think they're going to target Tyreek Hill heavily this year to, A, make them not look stupid for trading as much as they did for him and to kind of just capitalize on that investment. What do you feel? Coming from where where he was with Patrick Mahomes, uh, he was only seeing... Uh, he had one season, I think, over 100, 100 receptions. For the rest of it, it was like around 88, um, you know, somewhere in that ballpark. And I don't see that increasing in Miami. I just don't know that Tua can support more than, you know, two fantasy options. You know, I think Waddle and Hill will be fine. But I think where Hill's going, I'd rather just take Waddle because it's like two rounds later. So with the value you're getting there, you know, I think one of them is definitely a potential bus candidate. And the other one, I think, will flourish. It's just which one. Mm. And we've seen Waddle have success there last year with Tua. So I lean towards that. Um, not to mention the cost of, of Hill with a second-round pick. And Waddle, you can get, like, late third, early fourth. So that's kind of where I am with that. You know, I'd rather not invest, you know, huge capital in somebody I think has potential bust. True. But my thing would be... For a round and a half later, you're getting a guy coming into his second year versus somebody like Tyreek Hill who has six, seven years of success. I know it's a different team, different quarterback, all that stuff. But I just think the risk-reward is greater with Tyreek 
and you're only really taking him around round and a half earlier than you're getting Jalen Waddle coming off of a season where he was the only guy. Devontae Parker, I think, played nine games last year. Um, the Mike Kosicki is their second highest target getter. Again, it's a tight end playing out of the slot. I just think that if you're going to look at bust candidates, I would say Jalen is obviously, or in my opinion, a more likely bust candidate. And if it's only a round and two difference, I think I'm just going to take the guy with the more story success. Yeah, he's a better pedigree. I just wonder how much of that uh, can be attributed to Patrick Mahomes being his quarterback. True. Jalen Wallace did this with two before is kind of my thing. So just interested to see how Tyreek reacts to maybe being used differently in the offense. So True. So I'm sure we'll discuss those guys more in depth, uh, especially Hill, because uh, we have a bust episode coming out in a couple of weeks, and he's definitely going to be on my list, I think, as long as his ADP remains kind of you know where it is. But why don't we jump into his old team? We'll talk about MVS, Juju, uh, the cast of characters that they've kind of gotten in Kansas City to fill his shoes. Uh, they are big shoes to fill. Tyreek was a beast last year. He's been a beast since he's been in Kansas City. Do you see one of these guys taking over, or are you under the assumption that I have where it's going to be kind of almost a wide receiver by committee? Uh, they're going to have you know one of these guys kind of go off every week with Travis Kelsey being the constant. Uh, I lean with you. Again, they didn't really heavily invest in either of these guys. The strange thing being that they more, put more effort into getting MBS, signing him for a three-year $30 million deal, versus Juju was a one-year $10.75 million like show-me deal. Kind of like stay healthy, play well, you'll be back. Otherwise, we can get off you pretty quickly. I don't see either of these guys really just being a consistent threat week after week. I know Juju has done it, but again, it was one year. He was the second fiddle there. He's going to be the second fiddle here, theoretically, behind Travis Kelsey. So who knows how defenses are going to play him. And he's probably going to play mostly out of the slot, I would assume, which is where he's most comfortable I just, with, you also have Sky Moore there. There's just a lot of targets, and I don't think this Chiefs offense has ever been afraid to spread it around. You were talking earlier about Tyreek really not having, like, huge target seasons, and I could see them giving these guys around 70 to 80 targets, kind of like what Tyreek had, but they're not the player Tyreek is, breaking tackles, scoring touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. So I could see these guys as middling prospects. Yeah, I agree, and... We don't really know what Juju is. Like, we saw that one year out of him, but then Big Ben's arm kind of turned into a noodle for the rest of Juju's career. Uh, I think that was his rookie season, right? That Juju was kind of a beast? Uh, I think it was his second year. Second year, okay. From what I have here, he finished 16th, 9th, 60th, and 24th in points per game among wide receivers in his first four NFL seasons. Okay. Yeah, so basically the first two years, you know, Ben was serviceable, and then after that just kind of went to crap. Um, so I'm excited to kind of see how he looks with Patrick Mahomes. Now you can get MVS, I don't know, like I think 60 picks later or something like that. Um, Juju's been going like eighth, ninth round on a couple of mocks I've been doing. So if it's a question of value and you think they're going to be kind of close together, MVS is probably the better steal, but I don't think they are. I think Juju does step up a little bit more than MVS. Uh, I think he'll be a little more consistent, but again, I don't know that he's worth the investment at that range. Just because we don't know, you know, who it's going to be every week is kind of my concern. Plus, they have Sky Moore there, exactly. uh, which we'll talk about probably in two or three episodes with our rookies. So I kind of think he might almost be the guy to to target is Sky Moore. But. True. Uh, MVS scares me a little bit. He played with Rodgers his whole career. The guy's not young. He's twenty seven years old. 
I don't. He, he's gonna be. And a, he can't catch. Exactly. He's gonna be a safe, like kind of high floor kind of guy. But I think if you're gonna do it, you take the home run swing for Juju. You may miss a lot, but I think that's better than getting Sky uh, MVS for a safe, like high floor that's never gonna win you any weeks. So let me ask you uh, on on Juju. Uh, would you rather have Juju or some of these like rookie guys that are coming out? Uh, you know, like uh, Drake London, Traylon Burks, those kind of guys. I think I'd lean Juju just because of the offense, and I think he has done it before, so I'd lean him a little bit. Because some of those rookie guys, I think, are getting overblown with the fact the last two years of the insane success of guys like Jamar Chase. Yeah, and Jefferson. Yeah. And Jefferson. I, I but, they, but those are so abnormal to what fantasy football has always been that it's eventually going to come back to the mean. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I would take Juju over all those guys, too. That's about the range he's going in is with those guys. Yep. You know, the mocks I've seen... A lot of times Traylon Burks is going before him, and so is uh, Drake London, Chris Olave. Yeah. So, you know, I, I lean the guy who's shown me he can do it before, even if it's been a little bit. And Juju's, you know, still young enough that... He's 25. Right. He's young. So, cool. Uh, let's move on to... Um, I guess we could talk about Ronald Jones. He's on the Chiefs as well. Uh, kind of a smaller signing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he takes work from uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I do. I think he's going to be the main first down, second down guy. With CH coming in as a third down role and also playing kind of, I think it's going to be a trading off of series as well. But I think CH is always going to have the third down back role plus taking other series away. So he's going to be the guy you want. I do think Ronald Jones is definitely going to be a fork uh, to his production though. Yeah, I I uh, I'm with you there. I also wonder, you know, I was big on Hilaire last year, and then I don't know if you remember when we, uh, I think it was like our second episode. We were talking, uh, and I told you if there was a report that came out of camp that he was struggling with pass blocking again, I was out. And two days later, that report came out, and I was like, yeah, I won't touch him. Yep. Uh, so I want to see if, if there's reports that he's doing better than that. That's Clyde edwards Uh I'd lean more towards him, but if not, if he's still struggling, then I think Ronald Jones is actually the back to own in this backfield this year. I agree. And, and he's so much cheaper, too. Exactly. And I th- and he's another one, again, I don't know about his pass blocking skill because I kind of think that's what held him up a little bit in Tampa when he was there. Not the fumbling, I think. And then the yeah, fumbling. Initially. But, mm-hmm. like, he has talent. He was a second-round pick. I think this is his third or fourth season, so he's, he's still relatively young. He just couldn't get on the radar with the Buccaneers, a team that's notorious for not really wanting to play young guys, especially if they make – Critical errors. I don't think the Chiefs are like that as much. I could see him flourishing in this offense. Okay, let's stay in the AFC East. Uh, let's go with uh, Russell Wilson. That was a pretty big signing. Uh, I remember the news broke, and uh, I think I called you immediately. and was just kind of freaking out about it. Uh, you know, my stepdad's kind of a huge Broncos yep. fan, and he has not shut up ever since. <laughs> uh, what do you think this impact has on the wide receivers? Which is the wide receiver to own? Where do you have Wilson pegged in your rankings? Because I know a lot of people have him pretty high. Uh, answer all those questions in the next 30 seconds. Go. Uh, okay, so starting off, I think Wilson, top 10 guy in my opinion. He's going to bring a whole new facet to that offense, something that Drew Locke really couldn't do because he wasn't accurate. The guy just could not get the ball to his talented receiving core. He had good receivers, two good tight ends, just couldn't get it there. he just throw picks. I think Russell brings in a whole new... Uh, approach to this, a guy that has a storage success in the NFL. I was looking up earlier, he does very well with clean offensive lines, and he, if he has a clean pocket, 
doesn't really have pressure. He does his best work, obviously. Well, that was his issue last year. Yeah. The Seahawks line was so terrible. Yeah, one of the worst offensive lines in football. And then he ended up getting hurt. Yeah. And now the Broncos, he's coming in. They went. He was going from, I think, literally the worst offensive line to, like, middle of the road, top half offensive line. So I think that's going to be drastic for his success as well. I just, I'm pretty high on him. I think it's going to be... Uh, quarterback can get pretty late in drafts that has a lot of upside. A guy that's been top five, even I think the highest scoring quarterback in one year. I I love him. What are you thinking? Yeah, I like Wilson. I don't know how late you're going to get him in drafts. I've seen um, a lot of people taking him like sixth, seventh quarterback off the board. Mm. Uh, just because of the hype around the trade. Now maybe that'll fizzle out as camp kind of goes on. Um, I'm curious your take on these wide receivers. Which would you prefer to have, Sutton or, or Judy? Everything I'm hearing out of camp is Sutton. That's what I've heard too. It just it's it's the Stafford effect, and again, NFL is a copycat league. Fancy football, honestly, is a copycat uh, hobby. Everybody hears last year Stafford and Cup would go out to breakfast together. They were roommates. They loved each other. Blah blah blah. Cup had one of the best fancy football seasons of all time. A lot of that same stuff is coming up with Sutton and. Russell going into their first couple weeks and into training camp. So I'm leaning Sutton right now. I still believe in the talent in Jerry Judy. And I do believe the talent could win out. Again, former first-round pick versus Sutton, a second-round guy. Splitting hairs, but I lean Sutton today. We'll see as camp goes along and preseason. But Yeah, and also with Sutton, I think he kind of fits Russell Wilson's MO a little bit more. He's always been kind of this down-the-field thrower. Uh, look at DK and Tyler Lockett and how they've kind of flourished. Yep. And Jerry Judy's kind of this short, intermediate guy who uh, runs you know really precise routes. So I think that Sutton kind of bodes well for the offense that they're going to run there in Denver and uh, what you know Russell Wilson's skill set kind of is. So I'm definitely leaning towards him. I'm interested to see. They're both kind of going in the same area right now, uh, like two picks apart. Mm-hmm. I think Sutton's going to start rising because we keep hearing positivity out of camp. I think he's going to kind of skyrocket up, and I think we're going to get to a point where he's no longer valuable to take. But as of right now, that's not the case, and he's the guy I want to own. Let's stay in the AFC West. we got one more guy I want to talk about over there. We've hit the Chiefs. We've hit the Broncos. we got to hit my boy, Devontae Adams, who is poached from my Packers. <laughs> I was going to say, is he still your boy? He's on a new team now. He's still my boy. I mean, you got to get paid. I can't blame him. True. I'd be going out and get my money, too. I can't disagree with that. Do you think his numbers uh, will be substantially... Obviously, they're going to go down. He's not with Aaron Rodgers anymore. Do you think they're substantially worse, or is he still like a top-five wide receiver for you? I'm not sure about top-five. I still think top-ten-ish in that range. I don't know. I think the numbers have to go down because a lot of the stuff was unsustainable in Green Bay with the touchdowns. But I do think coming into this year, they may throw, throw more in Oakland than they're going to throw in Green... or than they have in the past in Green Bay. Well, Las Vegas, but yeah. Oh, Las Vegas. That's my bad. Uh, I think there's going to be a pass-heavy offense. I think the relationship between Devontae Adams and... Uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. They went to college together. This is why he wanted to go there, is these two guys have a relationship outside of football. And again, we're talking about Cooper Cup. It's the same thing. These guys are going to go... He's going to go there, going to get a huge amount of the targets, huge a lot, huge amount of the target share in the red zone. And again, I think he's going to be super efficient. Derek Carr, just if he plays as he has been, I think he's been a little underrated. Just they haven't really had talent in the receiving core there other than Darren, uh, Darren Waller. 
I think just adding him to this offense is going to be huge for them. And I think he could compete to be a top five guy again. I just don't know if he's going to reach the number one echelon like he has in years past. No, I don't think I, I don't think he has wide receiver one upside this year. I mean, he could hit it. I'm not saying there's a 0% chance, but it's definitely much less than it was in Green Bay. I mean, as you said, the, the touchdown rate. Aaron Rodgers just puts up ridiculous percentage of touchdowns yep. per pass attempt. Uh, it, it's... It's unsustainable for any other quarterback, uh, you know, most other quarterbacks in the league, I should say. How do you think Darren Waller is affected? And the big one for me, I think, is Hunter Renfro. He had a great season last year. I think he, I think he's going to be a bust this year. Yep. Just because the targets, they didn't pay Devontae all that money to not throw him the ball. And I think Hunter Renfro last year was kind of a product of lack of options yep. on their team. Uh, they got rid of um, Edwards, who went to Atlanta. He was kind of the other option there for a little bit. Darren Waller, but he was a little bit banged up. So Hunter Renfro stepped in. I think that he's going to see a huge decline in his targets. And uh, I'm just curious, do you think that this affects Waller in any way, or does he just kind of maintain where he was? Um, I think Waller kind of stays where he's at, unless Renfro has a bigger role than I'm anticipating. I think, again, I like Hunter Renfro. The story is funny. He's a smaller white guy, quick, gets a lot of passes. But, like, all that was just generated by their turmoil and their receiving core and their tight end last year. We had the Henry Ruggs case out of the blue. Uh, Waller only played 11 games last year, was banged up in a lot of the games he did play in. So Renfro is the only guy there in that receiving core. Obviously, with Devontae Adams now and then a healthy, hopefully, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro shouldn't even be sniffing as many targets as he did last year. He's just not as good as these guys. Renfro is currently going 73rd overall. Yeah, he's got to be one of the biggest busts out there then. Yeah, it's just his ADP is just crazy. That's crazy to me. He's going before guys like Kareem Hunt. I mean, honestly, I think Kareem Hunt's a little bit high too. But uh, well, like He might not even be on the Browns next year. He's going before, what, Gabriel Davis. I would take Gabe Davis. He's going before Juju. He's going yep. before Russell Wilson. You know, Honestly, I think he's probably going like 30 to 40 picks too high. Uh, let's go to a guy that you kind of reminded me of. I completely forgot about this dude, and uh, we definitely need to touch on him. Coming off an ACL tear last year, he's on Tennessee now. I'm um, talking about Robert Woods. They got rid of uh, A.J. Brown, traded him during the draft. Eagles fans rejoice. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Uh, there's reports, and I actually saw a video the other day of uh, Robert Woods making horizontal cuts yep. on his ACL. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be back by camp. Yep. It's looking that way. I think he could potentially be one of the biggest steals in the draft just because coming off this injury, people are kind of scared off of him. He's a little bit older. His name is boring. People don't like drafting Bobby Woods. Yep. And uh, what do you think about Robert Woods going to Tennessee? Does this suit him? I think it does. I Hopefully, as I do more drafts, his name kind of stays under the radar so I can scoop him up later. He's a talented guy. He's had multiple years of being top 20 in fancy points per game on that Rams offense where he was playing second fiddle to Cooper Cup. Now he's going to be the number one guy. Again, not a great offense in Tennessee, but they just have no other options. It's going to be him and Traylon Burks. That's it. Traylon Burks is a rookie. Everybody seems to just think he's going to step right into the A.J. Brown role coming straight out of college. I don't see it. There was concerns coming into the draft about him, his speed, some of that other stuff. I just don't see him stepping into that role and being A.J. Brown from day one. So the fact that Traylon Burks goes ahead of Robert Woods in 
uh, a lot of the rankings I've seen is kind of crazy to me. You have Robert Woods. He, this ACL injury happened in November. I think he's going to be healthy. We've seen video, as Ryan was saying, making cuts, like doing stuff on his knees that if he wasn't healthy, he wouldn't be doing right now. I, I love him going into the year and just think he could be a definite steal that's going to give you a high floor and some upside being number one on the team and uh, hopefully targets. What do you think his realistic like upside is? Do you think he has wide receiver like two potential? That's kind of where I am with him. I, I could see that. I think uh, low end two, high end three. Yeah. And like I just think the floor is probably low end three. Right. He's going wide receiver forty two right now. Yeah. So I mean, even if he finishes as a high end wide receiver three, you, you stole twelve spots. Exactly. So I, I just think he has a higher floor than a lot of these rookie guys that are going around him. Traylon Burks on his own team. This guy's going to get targets. He's dependable. He, he's always been good, especially once he got out of that Buffalo system. I think Tannehill has shown he's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. They just don't have any other options, so I don't know why Robert Woods wouldn't be a like a mid to high end wide receiver three going into the year. Yeah, and the the crazy thing too is uh, he's going after the guy we just talked about um, in uh, Hunter Renfro. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy to me. Give me Robert Woods all day. Yep. Especially at that ADP of a one hundred one currently. Let's stay in. We're going by division here, so I guess we can hit up Marlon Mack. How do you feel about Marlon Mack? I know a lot of people are on this Damian Pierce train. I was one of them until I started kind of doing a little bit more research, looking at my projections. I think Marlon Mack is the running back to own in Houston. I don't know that I want to own him because uh, I don't know how good Houston's offense is going to be, but maybe for like a zero RB mm-hmm. uh, approach, Marlon Mack isn't a yep. bad a bad pick. Uh what do you think about him and Damian Pierce and both of them going into this season? Um, I'm not super studied on that offense yet. I, I got to look into it more. I do. I have seen a lot of the stuff that you've seen that some of the Damian Pierce hype may be a little overblown. He was slow going into the draft combine. That's kind of why he fell. I think he was like a fifth or sixth round guy. He was never the main guy in Florida either. Right. He only had like, I think it was like 100 some touches you know, per season. Exactly. And I, that's what concerns me. Even if he is the, you know, the back there, the starting back, I don't know that he, we haven't seen it. You know, we exactly. haven't seen him take that big of a workload. So I think Mac is a safer option there. Um, and what is it, two years removed now from the Achilles injury? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I hope he gets some of his speed back and kind of gets back to where he was, close to where he was. I don't think he'll ever be back to the same guy, but. No, me neither. But and and that's the concern with Mac is the injury. You know, the Achilles is, uh, you know, a terrible injury for for running backs. But two years removed, we're seeing Acres kind of come back quicker than we thought. You know, this is how the ACL used to be. You know, six seven years ago, where mm-hmm. people were, you know, they got it and they were out for a year and it slowed them down and devastated careers. And it's not the case anymore. People are coming back from ACLs in nine months. And the only thing I will say, just to throw a wrench into that though, is Cam Akers in the playoffs. Is kind of still scaring me about uh, Achilles injuries. I don't think. Yeah. There's no definitive guy yet that I've seen that has come back from an Achilles injury and has and been. And still popped. Like, yes. Yep. I think Cam Akers came back quickly and everybody was happy, and obviously I'm happy for him, but he wasn't the same guy in the playoffs. We'll see how he does coming into the regular season, a full year removed from his Achilles tear. Yep. I, agree. I just. Achilles tear scare me, but at the point you're getting Marlon Mack, it's worth the risk. Exactly. Yep. One more here. And then uh, we'll we'll jump over to the NFC or the AFC North. Uh, let's hit up Christian Kirk. This guy kind of set the market for wide receivers. Got a huge deal in Jacksonville. 
And also, uh, with Old Faces New Places, I think we have to talk about the greatest um, move this offseason, or maybe I guess it wasn't really the offseason, but going into this season, no more Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Yes, that is a, a great move by them, but I will say ownership missed one in not getting rid of Trent Baalke as their GM because he's the one who signed Christian Kirk to this insane wide receiver deal, pretty much screwed over any team in the league that had a high-name wide receiver that was close to an extension. Well, that's, that's he. this was the domino that kind of set forth Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams moving. Ryan, four years, $72 million for Christian Kirk. Yeah. That's great. This is why Terry McLaurin got his new deal. This is why A.J. Brown left. Devontae Adams left. Tyreek Hill left. Uh, All these guys left and got traded or resigned because of this stupid deal by Trent Baalke and Christian Kirk. Again, respect for getting paid. I don't think people realize yet how, like, significant of, like, a butterfly effect this is going to have on the league. I think you're going to start seeing teams moving on from receivers once their rookie deal's out. And just start drafting receivers Receiver, because it's going to be too expensive now. It's going to be the new... It's kind of the in, intermediary between the running back position and then the rookie QB salary slot. Yep. That guys who have rookie receivers that are playing well are going to have an advantage over anybody paying veterans in that role. It's going to be crazy to see. And we'll have to, either they're going to change the salary cap or the market's going to readjust itself because this is unsustainable in my opinion. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, so Christian Kirk, uh, as far as a fantasy value goes, he's going to be the wide receiver one there, I would assume, in Jacksonville. Uh, they still have Marvin Jones. Mm-hmm. They also got Evan Ingram in the offseason. But I still think Christian Kirk on that deal, they're, they're going to have to feed him the ball. Yeah. Do you think, well, I guess you could technically say maybe ETN is the number one receiver. But uh-uh. do you think he out-receives... Christian Kirk or the other way around? No, I think Christian Christian Kirk will be the number one guy there. I just don't know efficiency-wise what he's going to do. I'm, I don't love it. I think he's going to disappoint in fantasy. Like, it's not a good offense. I don't think Doug Peterson has ever really... There was some Alshon Jeffrey years, but I don't think he's ever really, like, fed a number one receiver. Like, he's, he's not that kind of guy. He kind of spreads it around and fluid offense. I think he also likes to run the ball and pass to running back, so that's why... I do like ETN this year. I'm a big I I'm a big guy into Evan Ingram, I think. Kind of thinking about that and going over it in my head. I think he could have a really big role there, kind of the Yeah, kind of rookie quarterback. I mean he's obviously Lawrence is in his second year, but those younger quarterbacks tend to target their tight ends yep. more. So Yeah, I mean Peterson, Zach Ertz was always a big role, always had a big role in Philly with yep. Peterson. I think Evan Ingram has talent and Daniel Jones kind of sapped that talent away from him. Just not ever being able to... Again, Evan Ingram dropped a lot of passes that hit him right in the hands. I will give you that, but I think he's going to get a lot of better passes. I think your brother could attest to that. He, Poor Giants I, fan. I've heard it a lot. I've heard it a lot, <laughs> but I think uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to give him a lot more square passes, a lot more passes he's going to be able to catch. Yeah. I, I just want to know what we're getting with Trevor Lawrence because he was such a highly touted prospect coming out of college. And... I need to know whether it was Urban Meyer last year that just completely made him look like ass, or if Trevor Lawrence is actually not good at football. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the former. Um, So I think if Trevor Lawrence is what we thought he was, I think Christian Kirk could be serviceable. He's going pretty late. He's going like ninth, tenth round. True. So, you know, I'm not afraid to take a flyer on him. But again, similar to our conversation before, 
Once I start getting to those later rounds, I start looking for upside, and I don't know how much upside he has. Now, to go to your point about it being a bad offense, that's true, but it's going to be a bad team, too. So they're probably going to have to throw the ball more. So I kind of almost think that works in Kirk's favor. All right, as promised, AFC North. This was kind of the talking point so far this offseason. Deshaun Watson moving over to Cleveland. Yep. Everybody knows he's got all these sexual allegations against him. Suspension most likely looming. Everybody's saying that he's gonna be done. For, he's gonna get suspended for the year. So I'm kind of leaning towards. We're not gonna see Deshaun Watson for this year. Who knows about next year? Again, if these cases aren't resolved by next year, like does it just keep? Is it indefinite suspension until everything's kind of resolved? Well, he's resolved. What I think twenty out of the twenty four. He still has four that are pending. The true, but I, I think there was one new one. There was one where the plaintiff named the Texans, which. I think that whole franchise could be in a lot of hot water. The McNair family and um, I can't think of their GM's name, but that, that guy had to have some prior knowledge. All it, It's going to be a mess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have to look more into how the appeal process works because I'm sure Deshaun's going to appeal once he's levied this suspension. And I don't know if he, if the NFL can force him to serve that suspension while he's appealing. So if he appeals, I would think that he's able to play while that appeal is going on. Is that not true? I don't know. Is it is it that or it, as an active case does he go on the commissioner? Yeah, that's list? that might be the other thing. He might go back on that list. Just right on that list and mm-hmm. indefinitely. And, and then once they that. give him the suspension, then that time on the list will probably come off the suspension. Exactly. And again, I don't know on that list. I don't know if you get paid or not. Again, there's some stuff with the Browns. I know they said that the whole deal was guaranteed, even with. Suspensions, but then there's I've heard talks of them trying to back out of it. There might be like a you imagine some little clause in it to get them out of it. That's so Browns to give up all those picks and then want to get out of this. Well, deal. Yeah. The, so the karma of it would be amazing. Jeez, I don't. Yeah, the karma of it. If he doesn't get paid and they're out all those picks, that's the karma wise. I think that's the best case scenario. So obviously that has fantasy implications on Watson, but I think the bigger story here is. Jacoby Brissett being the quarterback, because I'm assuming Baker's not going to fill in. Uh, no, things are pretty rocky between them and the Browns. Yeah, fixing that relationship. How does Brissett, if, let's hypothetically say Watson doesn't play, or say he plays half the year or whatever, how does this affect Cooper, Amari Cooper, who is new in Cleveland as well? I would say drastically. Jacoby Brissett has been horrible in his career. So if Brissett, let's say Brissett's the quarterback the whole year, where are you taking Cooper? How far does he fall for you? Uh, I would say maybe like high 30s among receivers, maybe 25 to 30, something in that range. 30th among receiver or 30th overall? 30th among receivers. Really? I I don't know. It just I know he's going to be the number one guy. Maybe maybe I'm being a little over dramatic, but I mean, you might be kind of right. Uh, let's see who's going around there. Jerry Judy, I'd 28. Jerry Judy. <laughs> Allen Robinson, 29th. I think I'd rather have Allen Robinson. Adam Thielen. That, yeah, I think that's around... That's probably about where he goes for me, too. That's, I Renfro, just, Elijah Moore. They the look right. The I think, I mean, there's guys... If it's Jacoby Brissett. Right. And there's guys that are lower, too, that I like more. Like, Gabriel Davis, I think, is too low. Uh, you know, people like that. So, Juju Smith-Schuster, I probably would take over Cooper mm-hmm. just because of the upside. Um, yeah, but yeah, probably around 30. You're probably like, right. I was looking at it in 11... So... In seasons where Brissett has played at least 11 games to kind of qualify for the uh, points per game rankings. He's awful. He's he, finished 23rd. He has cancer for wide receivers. 
37th somehow in a league with 32 teams <laughs> and 33rd. Like, again, there's a stat 37th in a, there's 32 teams. How many oh, quarterbacks can even qualify? Poor Jacoby. The guy is not good, and he's serviceable. He's a fine backup. He's going to be a horrible starter. If he's the starter all year, the Browns may be one of the worst teams in the league, I would think. They're worst offenses. I mean, their defense worst, is going to be stacked. That is true, but just that, that offense isn't going to do anything. They're just going to do Nick Chubb. Run the ball. Nick Chubb is going to eat. Well, that's it. and it makes sense now. They just re-signed Ernest uh, Johnson. Yep. And if they keep Cream Hunt, I think he's going to get just, traded personally. That, I, that's, I, I'm foreseeing that too. I thought I thought that's why they re-signed Johnson, but then again, if they're going to run as much as I think they're going to run going into the year. With Jacoby Prezet as the quarterback, who knows? So, let's say Watson plays. So, you said 30th if he doesn't play. Yep. Let's say he plays all year. Well, now, where are you taking Cooper? Uh, I would say probably like 15 receiver-wise. Okay. So, you're taking him like right around like above DK? I would say probably below Terry McLaurin. So, probably like 17-ish. Okay. Definitely above Pittman. Definitely the, above DJ Moore, like that range. Yeah, you start getting the guys with Watson, like worse quarterbacks. Yes, here. that's if Watson mm-hmm. plays. I think it's right there. But I just I there if I had money on, I bet he doesn't see the field for this year for sure. I'm I'm feeling that vibe too. Let's go to uh, so this is a quarterback. It's not Russell Wilson. Not as big a name. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Mitch Trubisky. Rumors are reports out of camp so far in OTAs are that he's going to be the starter week one. Yep. Not surprising, in my opinion. No, me neither. I, I think mean, Kenny Pickett needs time to learn the playbook and adjust. You know, yeah. I don't think he's NFL ready. No. I think he could be, you know, a serv- uh, you know, serviceable starter. Mm-hmm. You know, end of the year, maybe next year. Yep. How does Trubisky affect people like Deontay Johnson, um, Chase Claypool, and I think the bigger one here, at least for me, is Najee Harris, and I'll touch on that after after uh, you know you give me um, what you think going into the year. I. I don't love it for any of those guys just because I think Trubisky's going to be a run-first quarterback. I think he's going to be on the ground a lot. I don't. He doesn't. Have, he's never been a great like accurate passer. Again, he did go to Buffalo. Hopefully, he learned something in that offense. Learned something from Josh Allen to kind of improve. But then again, he didn't see the field at all. I do think that the Chicago offense, the Matt Nagy offense that he was running to start his career, is probably one of the worst ever. Because nobody has been good in that offense, and I think we'll see this year finally getting Justin Fields out of that stench and into an actual like competitive offense will be refreshing, hopefully. So I don't I, I don't love any of those guys, and again, I don't love any of those guys really with Pickett either. I do love the changed offensive coordinator and then getting Ben out of there, and hopefully either of these quarterbacks are going to be able to throw down the field as opposed to what Ben did in the last two seasons, but... I'm kind of pessimistic. I do think it could help Najee, though, just because running quarterbacks sometimes open up the offense for running backs. I think it'll help his efficiency. Yeah. For sure. I mean, he was not good last year. But efficient. I, I think efficiency even... Wise. So, like, a lot of people I hear are scared because he's saying about coming off the field more and playing less snaps, all that stuff. But, like, if efficiency goes up and run... Right, it doesn't matter. The runs go down, I think it's still better because he's not going to take as much damage and... Right. My concern with Najee is... Does he get that many targets and receptions as he had last year? Because Big Ben's arm was a noodle. Yep. So he was having to dump it off. My concern is that Najee doesn't see as many catches. Now, I still haven't projected for, uh, I think, I want to say I haven't projected for like 68 targets, mm-hmm. or uh, sorry, 68 receptions this year, which is still, you know, plenty for a running back. He had yeah, 74 good, last yeah. year. 
Um, but I, I worry that I could be wrong on that and that if Trubisky isn't going to target the running back like Big Ben did, that maybe Najee, you know, could be not not a bust, but not see the value where he's being taken. I agree somewhat. And again, running quarterbacks don't tend not to target the running back as much in the passing game. The one thing I do see is if Trubisky has a short leash and is bent pretty quickly, I definitely could see Kenny Pickett. Oh, Kenny Pickett's going to target the shit out of him. Yeah, that's what's so going like, So maybe you, yeah, exactly. So you maybe you wait a couple weeks, either buy low or just kind of bite the bullet on Najee, hoping that his efficiency is good enough. Maybe he'll get some touchdowns with Trubisky. And then once Pickett comes in, both those guys skyrocket in uh, targets and catches. Yeah, Najee's kind of one of my, uh, if, if the Steelers struggle early in the year, like say you start out 2-2 two and two or 1-3 and three or something like that, he's one of the guys that I want to target to trade for is mm-hmm. Najee because, like you said, I think if Pickett comes in there, I think Najee sees a lot of a, a lot yeah, more receptions. That's in full PPR, though, of course. True, yeah. I think that this uh, Trubisky, do you think he affects Deontay Johnson or Claypool at all? Like, obviously you said that it's, it's worse for them, but I don't know that it is for me because Big Ben was bad. That's true. True. But... Trubisky wasn't necessarily good either. That, so I guess we, it's a question of... We've never seen Trubisky be good. So who's better? <laughs> yeah, true. It, it, I guess nobody can be much worse than Ben, and I know Matt Canada is trying to revitalize that offense, and if Trubisky is semi-competent, I think it could be an improvement for them. I just do wonder if he's going to be competent. And I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't remember, honestly, in the Chicago years if Trubisky had an arm. I don't know if he, he was, was ever, He was all right. He was all right. Dude. Yeah, accuracy issues, I think. True. So maybe that's, and again, I, I mean, at least for Claypool, I, he can make up for some of the accuracy stuff. I like him this year, especially if you can get him late. I don't love Deontay. Yeah, I like Claypool too. I've never been a Deontay guy. I think Deontay was always just, uh, he, was a, he was just feasting on targets. Right, it's so many targets. That's and like, he thing. had a lot of drops too. So yeah, like he not efficient. Super, he was never super efficient. I don't even think he was that athletically gifted. I just think Ben just likes him. And as we sit here with Cheeto dust on our shirts. Very, that is very true. <laughs> I'm, compared to me, yes, he's way more athletic. But like compared to an NFL wide receiver, I just think... I think if I remember correctly, he, he ran a mid 4-5 or something. He was a little slower. He wasn't the greatest athlete. Like I think Claypool is legit a good wide receiver. So I think if anybody's going to take a step up, it's going to be him. And I think if I'm... Correct. This is his third year. Yeah, third so year maybe, breakout. Maybe he's facing the third year breakout. Mm-hmm. I don't love having to play with two quarterbacks probably this year, but I could see taking a flyer on him before I would do uh, the same with Deontay Johnson. A couple cleanup notes. Uh, two guys that we kind of missed. We didn't really miss this one. Um, so obviously Marquise Brown moved. Mm-hmm. He's in the NFC, so we'll talk about him next. But I kind of want to touch on Rashad Bateman um, and maybe Mark Andrews and how him. You know, Marquise Brown moving affects those two guys, and maybe you know how it affects the running game there. What are you going to see here in Baltimore? Um, I like Bateman a lot. I think he's going to step into that Marquise Brown. See that that's the tough thing. I don't know if he's going to step into the role. I don't know if he's going to be like a deep guy. I feel like Marquise Brown, his kind of thing was he's going to get some underneath catches, but then it was going to be the over the top kind of take the ceiling off the defense. I don't know if Bateman's going to necessarily step into that role, but I think he's going to be. A more efficient version of the Marquise Brown underneath stuff. So I do like him. I do like Mark Andrews a lot. Even though he's kind of concerning because his target surge last year was when Lamar was out. And it was mm-hmm. all with Tyler Huntley. Yep. And is that a Huntley thing? Is that a Lamar thing? Is this 
the offense going to have to now start riding more targets into, like, that Mark Andrews is going to have to get these targets. He's going to have to get 12 to 13 a game. That's not to say that Jackson doesn't target Andrews, but he his target share definitely increased when Hunter it was, was Yes, there. it was when Lamar, there was a drastic change. And does that change again now that Lamar, knock on wood, is healthy all year? Again, he's putting on weight, I think, trying to beef up and trying to be more healthy. Do you know. think Bateman, so Bateman's going to like, you know, low 30s, upper 40s yep. uh, as far as ADP goes. Does he return that value? Is he a wide receiver four? Or, I mean, I think I think he can return wide receiver three value. I would say so. I think I think he can definitely get to wide receiver th- uh, three pretty easily. I just, he's going to get, I think he's getting a lot of targets. He's probably going to be in the 95 to 110 target range. I think he had a lot of hype coming out of college. I think he's going to be an efficient guy now. Hopefully. I mean, again, Lamar has never been the most efficient quarterback, obviously. He's kind of still kind of learning the position. But if Lamar gets anything close to what he was two years ago, a lot of targets. I could see Bateman as a really good player in the red zone. Him and Andrews kind of splitting that red zone role is going to be really nice. And if Lamar gets back to that red zone totally had two years ago when he had that insane MVP season, he's definitely going to reach the high end of that upside. So... I like Bateman this year. Okay, uh, so let's move on. We got one more guy I want to touch on. Uh, we kind of missed him in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Gerald Everett. He's tight end. Uh, he's in uh, Los Angeles now for the Chargers. He's filling in for Jared Cook. I personally think that Justin Herbert is going to just absolutely ball out this year, mm-hmm. especially considering he's in the AFC West where you have he's going to compete with Russell Wilson twice a year. He's going to compete with uh, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams twice a year and Patrick Mahomes and his slew of wide receivers and Kelsey twice a year. Those should all be shootouts. So I think Herbert's going to have to just chuck the ball up, you know, a billion times this year. Keenan Allen can't do it all. Obviously, Mike Williams kind of surged last year. He looked pretty good, uh, but he's always kind of injury-prone. Uh, and a little bit, it's uh, what I'm looking for, like streaky, I guess. Uh, Mike Williams is? Yeah, for sure. He had a really hot start to the year and then kind of fell off. And then I think again near the end of the year, he kind of caught fire. Right. So I think Gerald Everett can definitely fill in. I expect him. He's he's one of my sleepers as mm-hmm. far as, you know, especially as tight end goes. I could see him, you know, getting, you know, a really, really good amount of targets. Maybe, you know, third or fourth the most targets in that in that offense. You obviously still have Austin Eckler there. But what do you think about uh, Gerald Everett and where he's going right now? I think he's worth a flyer. I think um, being on a young, exciting offense like the Chargers, one that I... I mean, he's basically free. He's going like 180. Exactly, exactly. And I think he, he flashed talent with Russ in uh, Seattle. And not the greatest offense there, so coming having an offensive uh, improvement, I would say a quarterback improvement, just in their stages of their career, I think it's not controversial to say that Justin Herbert is better than Russell Wilson, especially fantasy-wise. So, like, I could definitely see it. And, and it's going to be an offense. I think it's going to be very centralized because, again, Keenan Allen always gets his looks. Austin Eckler is going to get his looks. Mike Williams is going to be hit or miss when he's going to get a lot of passes. Josh Palmer is a young guy that could take a leap up. But if he doesn't, Jared Everett's going to be there for that third-slash-fourth role. I, I like it. I like it as a... It's a cheap, like, again, tight end. Either you take one super early, in my opinion, I'm going into every draft this year. Either I'm going to get Andrews or Kelsey, 
Or you're I'm just waiting. Two guys basically free. Yep. And hope one of them hits. I think one of the stats I heard on another fancy football website was that 50% of the top 10 tight ends the last couple years have either come in the first three rounds. Yep. Or after the after the tenth. After the tenth. Yep. So it's like that as well. it's later grade. So it's like you either take one of the great guys or you take one of the late guys and or you take a couple of the late guys and just hope one hits. Yep. And even if not, they cost you nothing. You it's, drop them. You, and you drop stream. them. You get the next guy. Right. There's countless examples. Logan Thomas, like uh, the guy at Green Bay. Yeah, Tunyon. Tunyon two years ago. There's countless examples of these guys just breaking into the top five out of the blue. Just because the situation changes, they get more uh, targets. Right. Another thing about tight end, uh, you know, harp on this last little thing is, and quarterbacks kind of the same way. If you went and streamed your tight end and just got, you know, the best guy off streaming every single week uh, on a year-to-year basis, you typically average about like seventh or eighth overall at that position. So even if you don't hit on that guy, it's not a big deal. That's kind of why I, you know, like you said, later great. Because you can just always fill in. It's not hard to play the waiver wire. Exactly. You just play matchups at that point. Anything else you want to touch on here, Josh? Uh, we kind of got all these old guys out of the way. Old faces, new places. We're going to do NFC next. Uh, I think that'll probably be on Thursday. So two days from now. Anything else you want to say to uh, the listeners before we sign off here? Nah, I think we got everything covered. All right. For Ryan and Josh, for the Fantasy Mothership, that's us signing out. We'll catch you guys on Thursday. Have a great day, guys. Peace, guys.